Last week on Licensed to Parent, we talked about how to raise healthy kids and that so often that requires a little bit of rebuilding within the family to have a good, strong relationship between the parent and child. Now, normally in our society, we get parenting principles that are general in nature and generally produce a general result. Our goal in Licensed to Parent, however, is to move from the generalities to the specifics by discussing some practical life application activities that can help jumpstart a healthy parent-child relationship in your home. Stay tuned. Once again today, we'll be renewing your License to Parent. Well, hello once again and welcome. I'm Rich Rosl along with our host, Trace Embry, the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill Academy. And uh, the information that we are presenting to you on this program, and Trace, I know you'll echo this, is stuff that's tried and true. It's used day in and day out at Shepherds Hill Academy. Mm-hmm. And last week, we started by presenting this this list. And, and again, this is so non-typical for us. We don't do a lot of top 10 lists or the right. five things you can do to fast forward your you know kids, whatever. We're, we're not into how-to lists in that regard. Yeah, these, aren't do's, these aren't do's and don'ts. These are just some suggestions, some specific things that mechanically you can do to help jumpstart these things. But the thing is, is that they are to help accomplish something else. And that something else is a, a life change. Right. Uh, we've got to change our thought process and the way that we handle parenting and the way that we handle family relationships in general. Before we get into that, though, Trace, I know that you recently received a letter from a uh, a Shepherd's Hill graduate, a young lady who mm. just finished up the program here, uh, and she was talking about uh, about a Christian worldview in this. Sh- share the letter with us, if you would. Yeah, and this, this girl just returned uh, also uh, a couple weeks ago from... Uh, a big worldview conference up in Charlotte, and uh, uh, but she's been here for 19 months, and I'm telling you, uh, Rich, um, some of these kids when they come in here, you you kind of cock your head and say, Lord, if if you don't pull a rabbit out of the hat, I don't I don't have a lot of hope here, you know, uh, and and this is one of those girls who, when she left, uh, you know, she wrote a letter and it, just a total transformation, and what I'm trying to get across by reading this letter is how important worldview actually is because it really is all about how we Mm. filter reality sure and some of our kids really have been brainwashed by postmodernism the secular worldview so if if i can really quickly before we get into that mention this one thought that just came to mind i have often told my kids and and friends perception what we perceive perception is our reality well yeah and that is how we act. So that's why this worldview is so important because it changes how we perceive the world around us. Right. And and but but the ultimate reality goes beyond our perception. There sure. is an ultimate reality that is objective in truth. Our perception is really subjective, and so there's a um, well. That's true. It's, yeah. it's a little bit warped, you know. But it is just as real to us, you mm-hmm. know. But listen to what this girl wrote, and 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 I and again I read it just so parents can get an idea of. Uh, what this perception you're talking about, how it can actually change a human being to the degree that we get congruent with that objective truth. And she writes, thank you so much for providing me a safe haven during my 19-month stay at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Thank you for choosing me. I appreciate your hard work in making this ministry possible. Thank you for exposing me to the harsh and destructive culture. Thank you for pouring yourself and God's word into my depraved 
and dead soul. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to change and grow in my walk with Christ. I would never take back my time spent here. It wasn't easy, but I eventually learned to knock off the dead, desensitized pieces of my heart. Through my journey, though my journey has just begun, it's scary, really, to think about that. Thank you for giving me a second chance I didn't deserve. That second chance provided me so much healing for my family and me. I consider Shepherd's Hill Academy my home. This is my home because this is where my relationship and walk with Christ came alive and real to me. He found me at my most vulnerable, weakest moments of life during my duration here. Again, thank you all so much for everything. I'll see you all later. You know, and I know that sounds like a plug for Shepherd's Hill Academy, but it's meant to show folks that this girl's perspective, it was all about her, you know, Mm -hmm. through... Uh, Facebook and texting and, and, and the virtual world that she lived in and, and everything she'd been exposed to with TVs, movies, and music. Uh, in her own reality, she was the center of her universe. Coming here and um, uh, living in the conditions in the woods with a lot of these things uh, gave her an opportunity to see that she wasn't the center of the universe. And there was a, there was a God that if we got into his ecosystem for life and living mm-hmm. in the parent-child relationship, that life can be really good. Even though she didn't perceive that before, she now realizes yeah. it. So, And when we spoke with Kelsey, another young girl who's, who's actually still in the program here finishing it up, mm-hmm. you know, she was saying that when she first came here, this was the last place she would ever imagined herself being. This was the last place she wanted to be. Right. And yet, even seven months into her time here, she saw amazing transformation taking place in her right. life. And, and I mean, I witnessed it. This was a young lady with yeah. everything on the ball, everything going. And that's what happens when the Lord takes hold of you and, again, places himself inside of you and starts driving. Yeah, and, you know, here's the thing. These parents are being transformed, too. Sure. You know, in the year that their child here, the parents are getting in league, uh, congruent with a biblical worldview. And, and, uh, you know, when we take our cues for life and living from the same place— I mean, it could be Oprah, it could be Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, uh, but when we take our cues from the same place, and that same place happens to be ultimate truth and reality, wow, we're now in God's ecosystem right. and things just work. There's yeah. no other way to put it. You know, uh, you mentioned uh, she thought totally different when she got here. Uh, we've all heard stories of husbands and wives that when they first met, uh, they couldn't stand one another. It's like, I could never picture myself dating that person. And here a year or two later, they end up married, you know, and, and then been married for the past 30, 30 some years. Like sure. in my case, when I first saw my wife, I was like, yikes, you know, <laughs> and, and she may have thought the same thing to me too. But once I got to know her and I, I it was just a, a beautiful thing. Right. And, right. that's, and that's kind of how it is with some of our young people or families with, with Christ. Uh, we look at the Bible, we look at uh, some, maybe some Christians, and we say, yikes. Mm-hmm. And, but once we get a taste of it and acquire that appetite, and then that appetite becomes a good habit yeah. and a good addiction, and, and that's when good things take place. Thank goodness God doesn't say yikes when he looks <laughs> yeah. at us, or we have to yeah. abandon ye all hope here. Well, Trace, uh, today's program is actually supposed to be a continuation of last week's program. We began with 20 or 21 uh, activities that families could do to help jumpstart a healthy parent-child relationship. And we didn't even quite get halfway through, but this is a good transition point because what we want to touch on today is some of those activities that are 
hard. It's the it's 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 not just the talking points that we discussed last time. It's not talking together and spending time together. Mm-hmm. This is when we start working together, serving together. Mm-hmm. And number ten on the list was to look for ways to serve others. Uh, maybe working in a soup kitchen or or going to the local jail, sure. uh, retirement homes, community projects. Um, what do we gain? from turning our focus off of ourselves and moving toward others? Well, I think we gain a, a Christ-like perspective. We, we get a chance to see what it really is like to serve somebody else and the rewards that we feel in our soul for doing that. And, you know, kids aren't going to do that naturally. You know, naturally, we're pretty selfish human beings. We have to be jump-started into, into doing that. And it takes the self-discipline of the parent to say, hey, you know what? Let's go down and... Uh, you know, this Christmas, this Thanksgiving uh, to the local nursing home or whatever, and let's just share a few gifts with some of these people. Yeah. Maybe share a few stories, and maybe if you're musically inclined, play a song for them, whatever the case may be, but just visit them. Some of these people aren't going to have anyone to visit. That simple act of giving of ourselves, it, it does. it's it's like medicine to our soul. Yeah. And uh, again, we as parents need to... Uh, d- discipline ourselves to make something like that happen. And, and as Trace said just a moment ago, uh, you know, kids won't necessarily do this on their own. Well, I, I hate to confess, a lot of us parents won't do this right. on our own either. But if I know that, you know, I've got this uh, list on my refrigerator and it's suggesting that I do this, and I think, well, I'm going to do this for my son or I'm going to do this for my daughter. That may be the the accountability or the motive that I need sure. to do these things. So it's helpful in both ways. And I've never known an instance where a family has done this where they have uh, not uh, experienced a, a tremendous thing and never regretted it. Yeah. Well, a different type of hard work that you mention is uh, item number 11 on the list where you say learn or build something together. You were talking about maybe the family learning to play music together or, or building a, a, an outdoor shed together or something. Yeah, learn an instrument. Uh, put a room addition on your house. You know, uh, golly, there's, there's a million different things. Yeah, you know, you there, there's a long way between learning an instrument and putting a room addition <laughs> on the house. That's, that's a, that is hard work. Well, the idea is that make it a hard thing. Make it something that, that you have to uh, research and investigate uh, how to do it. Maybe learning a new skill or new skills or maybe subcontracting the the things you absolutely cannot do, uh, whatever. But, you know, when King Solomon built his temple, he he wasn't out there with pickaxe and, you know, hammers and nails. He contracted that stuff out. But, uh, you know, he had the vision. It was a difficult task. It took him many years. And only you'll know, parent, what that task might be for for your particular family. But doing it together as a family it's a tremendous thing. You know, my family and I, we roofed houses in eight different states for seven long years to build the financial foundation for Shepherd's Hill Academy, and then God took over from there. So mm. it's amazing what, what you can do when you're working with your kids. We're like migrant workers out there doing that. <laughs> well, this leads to your next item on the list, number 12, where you say that we should raise the bar. We should do hard things that require hard work and that require faith on our parts and i and i think that room addition would be a great example yeah. that you know that's something that that i don't even know that i would hold myself to but if we say you know no we're not going to stop at cleaning out the garage we're going to build a room addition that's calling on more than any of us have on our own. Start with a tree fort, you know, maybe a shed after that. You okay, know? thank you, because <laughs> the room addition was way too much. <laughs> maybe a garage, whatever the case may be. But, you know, 
It might be helping in, in, in a political campaign or leading a home group in your, in your church. Maybe something as simple as Bible memorization. I'm going to memorize the whole book of James or whatever. Like our girls at Shepherd's Hill Academy, they're, they're taking mm-hmm. that on right now, memorizing the entire book of James. That is a mental exercise that will help you in, in other uh, areas of your life. The book, Do Hard Things, Alex and Brett Harris. Uh, these are teenagers that wrote a book and have accomplished t- tremendous things at a young age. And um, I suggest that book for, for, for everyone. And, and you know what? We need to get those guys on our program here real soon, too. That would be great. But again, what this requires us to do is call on something greater than ourselves, too, and that's calling on the power of God. And that's where the faith aspect comes in here. On God to to, to oversee it, but uh, on on peers, on, on, on friends, on people who are experts in their field, you know— um, People who need people are the luckiest people. You know, that's, uh, we have to work together. And uh, we, Making a note here, musical <laughs> adaptation. Of, we can't do it our, all ourselves. And I think it's a good exercise in, in, yeah. in, in getting out of our, our meanness mentality when we, when we accomplish something greater than ourselves. Well, speaking of faith, uh, the next item on the list is uh, a, a call to pray and read scripture and even fast together with your kids. Mm-hmm. To, to do this as a family, not just as a as an individual. Yeah, that's a very difficult thing to fast. The fasting is probably the hardest thing for me to do. Uh, I don't do it as often as I should. Uh, praying is tough. You know, when your mind's in a million different uh, places and there's deadlines to meet and things like that, but you have to discipline yourself to do it. Mm-hmm. And when you come home from a hard day's work and uh, uh, like right now, our, my daughter and I are committed to a book by Ravi Zacharias. Uh, it's an apologetic book so that she can defend her faith. Uh, mm. And uh, you know, there, are, there are days when I come home from the office where I'm, I'm mentally exhausted and, and another chapter or another page of another book yeah. is uh, more than I think I can, I can do, but I have to intentionally uh, uh, do it, just, just do it. And uh, so that, that requires some self-discipline on my part. And when our kids see us exercise that self-discipline, mm. then it's much easier for them to exercise their own. Well, we've got to take a break right here uh, and come back in just a moment to wrap our conversation up today. When we return, we're going to move towards some activities that are more or less lifestyle changes, and they'll make a big difference uh, toward the future progress of your family uh, within a Christian worldview. The program is licensed to parent. Our host is Trace Embry. I'm Rich Rosal, and we'll be back with more right after this. One of the programs offered by Shepherd's Hill Academy to help troubled teens involves horses. The Equine Assisted Psychotherapy Program, or EAP, is a therapeutic approach to enhance behavioral, relational, emotional, and spiritual growth. Teens in the program grow in problem-solving skills, anger management, personal responsibility, and more, all while learning safe and natural horsemanship. It's been 18 years since the program began, and with all that wear and tear, the horse arena needs improvements. Help enhance our students' experience at Shepherd's Hill, as well as others who utilize the arena, by donating to the EAP in one of three ways. Purchase a Shepherd's Hill t-shirt, donate your old car, or make a financial gift. All donations are tax-deductible and help us continue to provide hope and healing for families in crisis. To learn more and to make a donation, visit LicensedToParent.org and click on the fundraiser banner, LicensedToParent.org. It's difficult to see the light at the end of the tunnel when you're face-to-face with a teenager who argues with you at every turn. Maybe you and your teen can't talk to one another about anything without it getting complicated. For nearly two decades, Shepherd's Hill Academy has been bringing healing to teens and families from around the world. 
Up until now, that help has come through its residential treatment facility in North Georgia. But now, your family can benefit from that experience at home through Shepherd's Hill Family Coaching, designed to help you discern God's will for your family, build good communication skills, deal with defiant children, and more. Our family coaching team will work with you by phone, in your home, at work, even while you're on the road, to help your family develop a game plan to succeed. Sign up for Shepherd's Hill Family Coaching today by visiting LicensedToParent.org. Live the family life your family was designed for. Click on the Family Coaching banner at LicensedToParent.org. Hi, this is Ravi Zacharias. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and Licensed to Parent. Uh, I cannot say how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, uh, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. I wish them all the best. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. And uh, today, Trace Embry and I are concluding our list of some great activities that you and your family can do to jumpstart a healthy parent-child relationship. And not only that, to nurture a biblical worldview. And right before the break, Trace, I said that when we came back, there were going to be some kind of heavier things, meaning... They required a more long-term commitment. It's not just a, you know, oh, here's something you can do on your list. But but the next thing I have on our list is really consider the educational opportunities you have with your kids. And I know that, that you and, and I are both big proponents in Christian homeschooling. Sure. Um, how important is that towards your kids? Does every Christian need to homeschool their kids? Well, I think unless the uh, the Holy Spirit has put it upon your heart and your kid's heart, uh, and they're equipped, and you know they're equipped to go into the public school and, and change it, I would say for the average Christian, uh, I would do all I could to homeschool my kids. And we've you know, we've done entire programs on the very topic, and we won't have time to elaborate too much. But when you send your kids to Babylon, don't be surprised when they come back Babylonians. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was only one Daniel, you know, uh, there was, uh, you know, a handful of guys like that, Joseph and whatnot, who could go into these pagan cultures and, and have more influence on the culture than the culture had on them. So I think it's a vast minority that Christian kids uh, can go into public school and come out uh, unscathed. My kids didn't go there. I'm not going to argue with someone who says that the Lord told me to do this. Sure. You know? I, I guess the main point about this point in our list is consider what a great opportunity it is when you're trying to teach discernment, when you're trying to teach uh, a biblical worldview, when you're when you're trying to just give your child a good education in general. Right. Homeschooling is a fabulous option that should strongly be considered. Yeah, at our recent parent conference, we played two films. We played one of, uh, I don't know if it was Brett or Alex Harris, one of the two, uh, about a 15-second clip of him talking. And then we compare the video uh, with the video we show of a average public school kid. He's got his headphones on. His dad's trying to ask him questions. And uh, the title of the video is Sort of Don't Know Nothing. And they're all one answered one word answers to his uh, father sort of don't know nothing yep nope you know and he's playing his video games while he's talking and just kind of got that glazed look in his eye and we make the mistake of thinking well that's just you know that's just uh, adolescence 
Well, it's not. It's not supposed to be. It doesn't have to be. Let's put it that way. And I just don't want my kids to to uh, to have to endure stuff like that because uh, they're going to have to go out and get uh, jobs and be productive someday. Right. Well, so that's the case for homeschooling. Another benefit of homeschooling is that our kids are able to see the parents living out, hopefully, a life for Christ uh, consistently. And you you talk in, in item 17 on the list about being consistent for Christ. And not only that, holding each other accountable. So I assume sure. you're saying that in some regard, we are presenting ourselves to our kids and saying to our kids, hold me accountable while we are also holding them accountable. Yeah, and to have them hold you accountable is presupposes that they know what to hold to account. I mean, it means that they have a little knowledge of scriptural background. If they, if they don't know uh, scripture at all, they're not going to know when you're being hypocritical. And they're going to think that's part of the Christian faith. Mm. And so uh, we have to educate them again from a very young age and going back to Deuteronomy 6, 6, and 7, training them from in, from infancy right. in God's word and God's way so that uh, when they see hypocrisy in you, uh, they can point it out in a respectful way, of course, and kids can do that. And that's what we want to encourage in our kids. and. Mm. Uh, uh, it brings a consistency to our worldview that validates our worldview. Mm-hmm. We've got just a couple of items, uh, two or three items left on the list here. And the next one you've got says that we should stop giving our kids everything they want. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense to me, but what's the natural progression that this leads to? Well, it leads to entitlement. Uh, it leads to a lack of uh, gratitude. Uh, a lack of uh, the ability to uh, attach reward to achievement. Uh, you know, we we give our kids allowances, and I'm not necessarily against allowances, but uh, what do we do uh, to make our kids earn these things? What are we teaching them about earnings and saving and investing? I want my child to uh, feel like he's accomplished something uh, in order to receive something. I, I get him in that attitude uh, then he's going to see the value of work mm-hmm. and the value of planning uh, so that he doesn't feel like uh, like the occupied Wall Street people. He, he needs a six-figure income from you know attending four years of college that maybe he'll never use. Right. I, I know one of the things that we strive to teach our kids is delayed gratification. Sure. The fact that you have to work for some things, you have to wait for some things, and that some things may never come. Now we do right. always we do always try to teach our kids that if you need it, if it is really a need in your life, God provides all your needs. Mm-hmm. And so, if it's really a need, you will have it, or you will have an alternative to it, or God will in some way make the provision for that thing which you feel you need. But anything beyond that probably isn't a need, right. and you may or may not get it, or you, know, you may have to work hard for it. So that's that's a good point. And I think we owe it to our kids before God to to supply them with their needs. Uh, you know, they don't need Abercrombie and Fitch. They don't need the Nike brand necessarily. Uh, there are a lot of things that they don't need. We're, we're to provide them shelter and food and, and education and you know uh, uh, love and and all that stuff, but. Uh, uh, there are a lot of things that they need to invest. They, have some, they need to have some skin in the game, yeah. uh, you know, if they want the, the, the frills. Well, you, you said that the parents can provide the substance, the kids can provide the style. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly right. Yep. Well, as long as you don't say that I don't need Diet Coke, I think I'm <laughs> okay with you on that list. All right. Uh, item number 19, don't make your kids the most important thing in your life. Oh, that boy. seems like common sense, but 
Flesh it out for us. Well, you know, let's just take birthday parties, for example. I mean, parents are like blocking off city blocks and renting dome stadiums for their kids to celebrate their birthday. And uh, that's actually feeding into that sense of entitlement. I am the center of the universe. And I think that's the wrong message we want to send our kids. I mean, uh, am I against birthday parties? Absolutely not. But, you know, I think uh, we go way overboard and it becomes a a second Christmas for our kids. And uh, I I don't think that's the message that we necessarily need to be sending our kids. Again, that's just me. Uh, I think the principle uh, is, is scriptural. Uh, whether I can give chapter and verse for it, I uh, don't think I can. Well, no, I think that's I think that's good. Um, the last thing on our list, item number 20, and our time is about out, so it's good that we've gotten this far. You say, and this is straight out of Scripture, that we are to love unconditionally. Mm. Uh, as part of that, I guess, you know, we would reiterate, you are to hate the sin but love the sinner. And in this case, we love our kids, warts and all, right. but we need to love them unconditionally and not be saying, well, I'll love you if you do this, or I'll love you if you do that. Right. Constantly affirming our kids when they do well is, is, a, is a good thing. When they fail, they need to know they're loved, but they also need to know that they failed in whatever the situation might be. If it's in academics and sports, um, hey, good swing, Johnny. Okay, it's a good swing, but you still missed the ball. You know, and we, we got to see what we can do about hitting the ball next time. Yeah. But in the process of, if you want to call it, criticizing his swing, he needs to know that, you know what, you're my pony. If you never win a race, you know, you can strike out a thousand times. I'm still going to love you. We're still going to work on it. We're going to go here, go there together. You're my kid. I love you. You you couldn't strike out enough times to keep me from loving you. But if you want to get better at it, here's what you got to do. Well, we've gone through a list of of 20 challenging activities. These are not all just fun and games, but but things that require a bit of investment on our part as parents. Uh, But the goal is to jumpstart a healthy parent-child relationship. And in that, and perhaps even more importantly, through the process to nurture a biblical worldview in our kids. And uh, the last thing on the list really isn't on the list, but you say, jump the hump. And that is, you want us to to jump in and get these things going. It, it, this is not easy. So how do we get started? You just make the decision and you do it. It's it's the old Nike ad, just do it. Uh, we make decisions to just do a lot of things every day. If it's just turning on the TV, you know, or getting in our car and going to get some milk and bread, you make the decision to do it. You be intentional. You commit to it. Uh, and, and again, these aren't 20 things that we say you have to do all the time every day. Uh, we only brought these up because we just want to, like we said, jumpstart yeah. you in the right direction. The What we're trying to get our parents uh, of a licensed parent to do is be so acquainted with the truth of God and his word that every scenario that you come across with your child and in your family, you'll hmm. know the right thing to do because the spirit of God will be in yeah. you to do it. Your mind will be transformed by its renewing, which is what scripture says, uh, Romans 12, 1 no longer be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will know God's perfect will. That's what scripture says. Excellent. Thank you, Trace. Appreciate it. God bless. 
Well, the program you've been listening to today is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a leading Christ-centered residential program for troubled teens. We want to help equip you to be the parent your child needs so that hopefully your child will avoid having to come to a residential program like Shepherds Hill Academy. If you'd like to find out more about us, you'll learn everything you need to on our website, licensedtoparent.org. While you're there, you can also find archives of past programs, and you'll find ways to connect with us on social media like Facebook and Twitter. Also, while you're there, please look for the Donate button in the upper portion of the website. By clicking on that, you can become one of our ministry partners, and that is something we so desperately need. It costs a lot of money to minister to these teens here at Shepherds Hill, and it costs a lot of money to put a radio broadcast together. So anything that you could do to financially and prayerfully support us would be a big help. Again, click on the donate button when you visit us online at licensedtoparent.org. On behalf of Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosel. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll be back with us again next time. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.